how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. We were thinking about a comedic version of Psycho, said Justin Long, about their latest project, Later of the Manor, which he co-wrote and co-directed with his brother, Christian Long. You know Justin from movies like Accepted, Dodgeball, and Live Free or Die Hard. The idea morphed into more of a buddy comedy involving a ne'er-do-well, played by Melanie Linsky, and the ghost of a mansion, played by Judy Greer. The two meet when Linsky's character ends up working as a tour guide in the historic estates that Greer currently haunts. The brothers were inspired by movies like What About Bob and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles and wanted to put a spin on the buddy comedy, the obnoxious character being played by a pothead ne'er-do-well and the so-called straight man being played by a proper woman from the 1870s. In this interview, the brothers talk about their love for the Marx Brothers, why comedies need to be specific in their humor, how to ground heightened stories, and why patience is everything to get a movie made today. Uh, yeah, well, we um, we've been looking to write something. We'd been making a lot of shorts, and we were looking to make like write a feature. And so we had a bunch of ideas we've been kicking around, and and one that kind of took hold a little bit was um, a, we thought we were thinking about it like a comedic version of Psycho. We we were thinking about if an overbearing mother passed away, um, and and she continued to haunt the guy, but but not in a way that led to him murdering anyone it was just like she haunted him in, in kind of like like an obnoxious way you know she, she would witness him with this other with this girl and, and she would uh oh is that mine and um sorry sorry Brock was that okay. a lot of noise? that's okay um, and 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 that kind of morphed into uh this buddy comedy idea because we've we Christian and I grew up watching and loving buddy comedies like what about Bob and Plain Strands and Automobiles? That that was kind of like our we loved Laurel and Hardy. So that we knew that we wanted that to be the, the general um so yeah, this tone. This felt like a good opportunity to to make our version of one of those movies we love and we would never 
dare put it on the level of those classics. I know I shouldn't mention it. In the no, same but, but but they inspired us. But like uh, our version of one of those movies that we loved, but with two really funny women, and we thought that was something that we haven't seen yeah. really. I mean, uh, not that it's re- reinventing the wheel with with the movie, but there's something about there's like a throwback element mm-hmm. to the movie. I think that um, that we like that hopefully other people will like, uh, but with two women. And typically that style of movie was was two men. And, and, and like, and Melanie is somebody that I've known for a while. And Mel- Melanie is somebody that I've always been able to joke with about any, she, she has such, such a great sense of humor. I'm not saying like, I can joke with her because she has a great sense of humor. Therefore I have a great sense of humor, but like there's nothing off limits, you know, with her. And, and so we started thinking, yeah, why not? Um, even though she's not typically seen in that light, uh, she, I th- a lot of people we've been talking to about this are like, I'm surprised to see Melanie Linsky in a, you know, stoner, fart joke laden <laughs> comedy, you know, but she really took to it and, and was so excited to, to do something like that. I think because she hadn't um, in the past. So we knew, we, we knew that she was, we knew how funny she was um, and, and how perfect she'd be for it. But uh, so we're excited for pe- people to see her in it. Was it, is it harder, so Justin, you're known for all these great comedies. Is it harder to make a straight comedy today? Because kind of shifted to like action comedy. That seems to be more of what's getting yeah. made. Is it harder to get these movies made? Um, I, that's a good question. I don't, I don't, oh man, I'm so sorry, Brock. I should turn this off. I don't know how to do it though. So I'll just click on something and not accomplish anything. Um, uh, it, I don't know, because this is the first time we've really made a push to make a feature. So we don't have, we don't really have the experience enough to answer that, I don't think, but I, I mean, what do you think? It pro- probably, like, I think, I think that there's a lot of comedy that's, um, I don't, I don't, it's, I think you have to be more specific now. With, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, it, it was hard for us, but we had no frame of reference, like, because you, like you said, we've never made a feature before, but it was hard. I don't know if it was hard because of the nature of the movie, but, but Brock, you're right, like, most comedies you see now are are action comedies. That's true. Um, and and nothing against action comedies, but this is there's no action in this. <laughs> I mean, this well, is well, like... well, well, hold on, not no action. <laughs> um, the, the characters don't just sit there. I mean, they move. It's like my dinner with Andre. <laughs> yeah, no, um, it's very talky. No, um, it's, it's um, he's kidding. <laughs> um, no, yeah, it is, but it's true. I haven't seen like a straight up, but we certainly haven't seen like a very. I don't want to say like old fashioned, but there is an old fashioned element to the, the, that dynamic that um, uh, not not old fashioned in a in a like bad way, Lionsgate, in a boring way. But it's um, we hadn't seen one of those movies in a while. So I don't know what the reason is behind that, but we just missed those movies, those like, you know, classic odd couple mm-hmm. set up movies. And, and, and we thought like, well, how do we get how do we get as odd a couple together as possible? And, and we, we became really interested in the idea of, um, of women of that era, how much, how much, how much has changed. You know, uh, we, we read this book called, we were inspired by this book called An American Woman's uh, Home by Harriet Beecher Stowe. And, and, and we, we referenced it in the movie and it's like a plot point in the movie, but um, it, it, the book was so popular at the time. It was so 
progressive for its time. And um, and there's a line in it. This uh, is in the 1800s. Yeah, it's like 1870s. Um, I think it came out. And there's a line where she says, you know, now, and, and we kind of stole a version of it. It's, it's something along the lines of now a woman's place isn't just in the kitchen. Uh, she is needed all over the house in every room of the house, you know, but it's it's still so so clearly relegated to the, the home, the house. Um, and so we started thinking like, oh, what if there was a woman from that time um, interacting with a, with a woman now, like a modern woman? Um, and we thought it'd be a good jumping off point for a, a, that buddy comedy, odd couple. What other elements kind of came into the script early because of your experience? Like, did you choose Savannah to film in Georgia? Was that part of the plan? What are some of those elements like that that yeah. shaped the script? Yeah, yeah, we we love we both love Savannah, and and we had been on ghost tours in Savannah. You know, it's a, it's a very um, that's a big element a of that city, a history. lot of history. Um, so we wanted to set it there uh, selfishly because we wanted to shoot. <laughs> we just it. wanted to go we there. Love, we love Savannah, and it has uh, great ghost history, but um we didn't shoot it there we shot it in florida in tampa and st petersburg which has a lot of history uh too but which we didn't realize i didn't realize how old tampa was and that there are parts of tampa that are um look so similar to savannah I, I, we were surprised when we did yeah it worked there. out it, it turned out to be much more affordable um to shoot in florida and great crew and we were so pleased with how it turned out but we were skeptical at first we we're like that's not gonna look anything like savannah and mm. we were um we put up a fight for a minute, but uh, I'm glad it worked out. Yeah, we've. Yeah, I think it was just that. I think it was just the idea of of um, being in, in in like a beautiful, and also the 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 story. Savannah is a huge. It's like a almost a character in the and the house itself, like the, the history behind this house that Melanie Melanie's character is working in is like a, a, a character of, of its own. Um, well, that was another motivation for um, for the story is that we were trying to come up with a story that was that we could shoot affordably so we were trying to place an entire movie in one location in this house uh and we didn't succeed but we um we succeeded we like half succeeded because a lot of the movie takes place in this house and it made it affordable it made it you know that that location we kept reusing so um that kind of influenced are the story too, you know, we, like we, the practical nature of getting a movie made. And, and Brock, just more specifically about the story, we, we um, you know, we were also big Marx Brothers fans growing up and they had a, um, this, their straight, often their straight person was this woman, Margaret Dumont, who, who uh, apparently was so straight that um, she didn't get their sense of humor. She didn't even know, she was like, I don't see what's so funny. She didn't know what was so funny about them, which made her the perfect straight person because they were able to like just kind of run circles around her and she was just like what but she was so real and good and and um she was really inspiring to us and and we had a, a neighbor growing up uh a, like a lovely like wonderful person she was such a sweet woman um but she was also very old-fashioned in terms of like etiquette and manners and stuff and, and i remember she used to like chide us a little bit she'd be like elbows off the table now you know she's a real lady a like real lady fashion. yeah and we thought that'd be a really interesting mix um a combination of, of, of a of a true like old-fashioned lady and and a, and a modern day pot smoking and they're, and they're do well and they're do well yeah 
that's interesting. I've heard like Conan O'Brien joke about, you know, the three studios are acting crazy. There's always someone who's just going along with it. They've hired them and they're so straightforward. It's like almost hard to, to relate to that person, you know? Yeah, yeah, there has to be, there has to be in order to like, um, there, there has to be a balance. There has to be some, somebody who, uh, who amplifies the, the, the comedy of, of the Marx Brothers or of the Stooges or whoever it is. There's got to be, that's why What About Bob <clears throat> is so good because they're, Richard Dreyfus and Bill Murray, they're operating from such different, from like polar opposite points of view. Um, and that's what we, we, we wanted to try to make something like that, you know. Is your, is your character in this kind of in the middle ground? Are you kind of representing um, the audience? How do you kind of see that? Yeah, that's a good question. I think he's more of a, um, uh, yeah, I think it's probably closer, more of an audience member, like a, an audience mm -hmm. participating in this thing because he uh, and he likes her. He likes Melanie. He's attracted to her right away. There's, there's, because Melanie also has such a just as an actress, she has such. Um, we got lucky because I don't know if it was in the writing that I would be charmed by her um, based on what we wrote, but I think Melanie is just so inherently likable, you know, that she took a lot of the elements of the character and and um, infused them just so naturally with with charm and 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 there's no way to direct that there's no way to um predict that it's just like you, you kind of have to roll the dice and and get lucky and we did because melanie just has that inherently yeah but i, th I also think um you're right that that your character is the audience because it, it when you first meet uh, the main character melanie when you when you first see her doing this job where she's playing the tour guide of this house and she's doing a horrible job she doesn't know what she's doing she's, she's like making stuff she's, she's making, making up stuff facts. up she's making up facts and this is before the ghost of who the character uh, she's playing like the actual person sees it and is like i don't this is crazy this is like you're she's not, like misrepresenting you're not representing me and my life and my style so before that happens justin's character is like what are you talking about? like he, he that's what the audience would be thinking in that moment like what are you talking about you're not nothing none of what you're saying is remotely accurate <laughs> she's just like winging it and I, my character i play a, like a professor of like a history professor and so um i kind of call her out but i'm so charmed by the, her that i want to then help her succeed in this job and um yeah it was so fun to i, I just it, and, and it made my job so easy because all i had to do was really be charmed by her and um and and put up with with her antics because she's so likable and and again like Melanie just has that in spades. Did you write any of these specific roles? I mean, a lot of these you're working with some friends like Louise Guzman. Did you write with people uh, in mind? Um, we did didn't well, we had like people from our lives. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. We had real people in mind who weren't necessarily actors, um, like or our, who weren't actors at all. Like um, our neighbor, mm -hmm. or, or like, I mean, I I'm very close with. Uh, I have an ex girlfriend. I'm very close with, and and part part of Melanie's character was a little bit inspired was inspired by her, and um, so yeah, there were people, but it was certain, but they weren't like it, Christian said they weren't actors that we could go out to. So what we've written this thing very specifically, and then then it becomes okay now who who's gonna who do we find to fit this and 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 I, we we kind of sent it to Judy and Melanie on a just on a lark like like well maybe the, I mean it was like a long shot I remember yeah so we were they seemed too classy in our like <laughs> initial thought and we're like they're not gonna do this but. Uh, why not try it? You know, maybe, maybe they'd want to do something different. And that's what I thought about Mal because I had been for, I had gotten to work with her a couple of years earlier. And so I knew that she had like a really 
salty sense of humor. She has, you can joke with her about anything. And so I kind of had the sense that she might want to do something a little bit more um, broad and, uh, you know, and, and, and for us, like, because we had written some broader elements, obviously the ghost thing is like, you know, um, more heightened. Um, we, we really wanted actors who were, were able to ground it, you know, were able to play it in, in a, as real a way as possible. Yeah. Like I would say I'm certainly proud. I, and I was proud of the script. I thought that it was funny and, and good, but there's no way to um, have the chemistry obviously without these two actresses and, and you can't write that, you know, or it, it wasn't written. And they, when they, um, perform those roles it was like I remember thinking we didn't we didn't write that like mm. we, didn't, we didn't we wrote we wrote jokes and stuff but we didn't write that dynamic that they mm. like instantly really connected these these two uh actresses and we, so that like to me that's the real um that's the lucky element yeah, right and that's kind of what makes the movie I think is their their connection we, and that's just like fortunate on our parts that we that just they did it that's yeah. true like the end even i mean i'm not to give anything away but there was i didn't realize that it would have they brought so much um there was so much heart there was so much like um they were so connected to one another that i was completely uh blindsided by by how moving the the, it was the emotional ending. yeah it was it was emotional. emotional and yeah and as judy greer called it which i think is the perfect way to describe the movie she called it a fart warming comedy <laughs> and there is that element it's like yeah. there's heart it's funny but there's like full of fart jokes and you know it's like it's not deep in that way but it's uh but there's they brought real like pathos to it which shocked me yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think that was, it yeah, was we, we, we thought it was pathos free yeah <laughs> Tell me a little about the, so, so some of the comedy came on set, obviously there's bloopers at the end. So I would assume there's some improv, but tell me about your writing process. Is it just like, if you make each other laugh while writing the script or how do you kind of add jokes to the screenplay? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, right. we, um, we have, our process is um, we talk, we talk through the outline together and we map it out. And, and a lot of that, you know, a lot of it comes out there and we, we, old-fashioned side we have a corkboard and scenes up on it and then we and that is about what makes us laugh I think. yeah it's and, like, and that's like what's funny to us in the moment and then we um just split up scenes and we do we alternate scenes and we each go off and write separately and then and then i'll send like if i write a scene i'll send it then but then we send it to each other to kind of um do mm -hmm. any sort of, i mean uh, sometimes there's no there are no revisions but sometimes we'll both you know punch it up or, mm. or change things um i think christian's a lot better than me at um I, I'm, I'm a lot more long-winded and, and he's more efficient he's he's, he's got a better uh he, he, I, you have a better editorial sense i think and like um and so sometimes it's that sometimes it's a, like, just raining stuff in uh i i tend to go go off uh, off story too much you know stuff like that but, so, gener but generally we have very similar yeah. um sensibilities so it it kind of works out just alternating scenes you know we we end up uh they end up being pretty similar like, i don't remember i don't remember if there was even a moment where i was like oh really you don't think that's funny or like i like we mm -hmm. we felt strongly enough about something like differently yeah about we, something. we generally find the same things funny yeah so it works out i hope i mean i shouldn't say that before people have seen it <laughs> it all worked out and we have a classic yeah. on our hands. <laughs> you're welcome afi <laughs>
<laughs> As you guys have moved from like making shorts to making full features, is there any advice you wish you had if you kind of go back to the beginning, either mm. as a writer or a director? Hmm. That is a good question. That is a good question. Mm. Um, I mean, we did some things like we would, I think, it, I think we would be a lot more uh, conscientious about budget you know and, about, and, and patience and not let and not letting little things seem that at the time seemed catastrophic not let think because there's so many bumps along the road when you make right. a low budget movie and there's so many times where you're like oh it's, this is over it's yeah. falling apart <laughs> there's, like, there's a million different I, we were catastrophizing a lot yeah <laughs> and and that was um i could have if i could go back in time and give myself advice i would say don't uh don't get so emotional about these roadblocks you know well also we had been told this too we, we ended up getting so lucky with Lionsgate when Lionsgate came on to distribute it because they um were instrumental in getting a lot of great music for us um god I don't know why it's doing that Brock I'm gonna solve that uh unfortunately it won't affect your show because I'll solve it after I we're off your show uh but Lionsgate really helped us at the end with music but prior to that we were um we were we were we had I would say just save money for music i would say like make sure you set aside because it's such a huge component and it's the one it's the thing that like producers and you know when you're making a low budget independent movie they they will shortchange. um and so you have to be really diligent about and, and people had told us that i mean friends of mine we we talked to a lot of friends who had made movies and to, to get advice and we would hear that and we didn't heed the warning um but fortunately lionsgate came in and, and they provided us with such great stuff um so we got lucky in that front too and and i would say um you know don't be afraid to like reach out to people for advice you know um that that ended up being invaluable to mm -hmm. us like all the directors i've worked with actors we've both worked with um it, it was we, we really leaned on a, a lot of friends for advice Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again. <laughs>